Hello, and welcome to Cherie Lindbergh's Elevated Life Academy, Stories of Hope and Healing. Through raw and heartfelt conversations, we uncover the powerful tools and strategies these individuals use to not only heal themselves, but also inspire those around them. Join us on this incredible journey as we discover the human spirit's remarkable capacity to heal, find hope in the darkest of moments, and ultimately live an elevated life. Welcome to another episode of Elevated Life Academy. And today we are joined by Heather Corbett. I will let her fully introduce herself. But our topic today is going to be like everything spiritual today. We're going to hear about Heather's own healing journey, what she has learned and is here to share with us about becoming a healer and using some of these principles to support the clients that she has. And so welcome, Heather Corbett. Thank you so much. I'm just thinking and reflecting on my journey and how spirituality has been intertwined with my entire life and how supportive it's been for me and just being able to really witness how it's supportive for my clients. So thank you. It's really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being here. So let's start there. How have you arrived? What started opening you up and helping you awaken? Talk to us a little bit about your journey. I feel like it started young, just reflecting on my background. I have a psychology undergrad degree. I have an occupational therapy master's degree and expertise in sensory processing and has worked with a lot of people with neurodivergence and just being able to help people to find more of this meaning of life. As I'm looking at that, I'm also just reflecting as you shared, like, where did this begin? And I really do feel like I remember being in the womb and just hearing the voices around me and coming to this earth. And I feel too, having my my really early spiritual experiences and recalling them very, very young, probably six months. I remember seeing a grandmother who was in spirit and with that, just feeling like, oh God, I'm surrounded. I'm loved. I'm supported. So I feel like it started really, really young. And what was tricky about that is just that I didn't have others that had the same experiences and also didn't have anybody to be able to educate me on those. So I feel like with that, then some of the different things that I was experiencing kind of started to turn off, which is just fine. I just feel like with that though, it started very young and then just being able to intertwine with my daily life. And one of the saving graces was going to church, being raised Catholic and Episcopalian. It was interesting because in the churches, I was seeing angels and I was seeing just some of the different kind of visuals that I saw as a young child. And so it was affirming to me that this is still something, if that makes sense. And people were talking like a very similar language in the churches and that type of thing. So that was very supportive. So I feel like spirituality was from the beginning. It was just always there. I just needed to come to an understanding of it so that I would be able to really integrate it into my life and help it to make sense to me. So when did that start? Because it sounds like it was with you right from the beginning. And then as you started to grow up, realizing that others didn't have the gifts that you had, you turned them off somewhat. When did you start to conceptualize it or understand it? When did they start to turn back on for you? I think that's such a great question. And even from a young age, being exposed to all types of spirituality and religion, even Buddhism, I was trying to conceptualize it in a way of, let's say, scholarly or like liturgical. And I feel like 
my gifts probably turned off deliberately when I was 12. And I think that that was just pure pressure and just like nobody else thinks these things or nobody else experiences these things. So I was just really looking at scholarly, liturgical religion and whatnot. And that was very self-serving. I mean, that was helpful. And then when I was in my early 20s, my cousin passed away in a very horrific car accident. I just remember kind of feeling him and wondering, like, was I really feeling him? And I just vowed to him that I would go to the accident scene the very next day. And it had happened at night. And with that, I saw parts of his car, various debris. And I remember seeing his glasses and that's what somehow just brought me to my knees. So I just dropped to my knees and I started crying and it was just so hard. And then I said to my cousin, Mikey, I just said, please send me an angel. And all of a sudden this man on a bike came down this old country road. He gets off his bike. He looks at the scene. He takes my hands, has me stand up and he starts praying with me. And he says, I pray for her, for her family, for all that was affected here at this scene. And he gets on his bike and he went away. I thought, what in the world was that? And so I just remember a couple of weeks later meditating and my cousin came to me in the meditation and kind of bumped my nose. He had freckles. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're here. And he pointed to his glasses and I was like, and you have your glasses. And he nodded his head and he flitted away. And I was like, wait, how did that happen? How did that happen? And so then I realized that I had these gifts as a child. Like all of a sudden things started opening back up. And then I just started researching. So I've been researching spirituality and all things spiritual for about 25, 26 years now. So that's how it opened back up. So now your gifts are coming back. How did you start to use them to support others and help others heal? So in my early 20s, being able to look at spirit and what was assisting people, how that worked for people. It felt like I was always kind of interviewing people. I would go to churches with people, find out more about the chakra system or Buddhism or whatever I could possibly get my hands on. I was reading a lot of books. And what came to me was at that time anyway, just how helpful it was to know about your own system. So by that point, I had a psychology undergrad degree. I was looking at going into occupational therapy and it was just looking at the chakras or looking at, let's say the meridians or reflexology and just witnessing how we're able to support the body there. And I remember then at that time, just with the chakras, not a lot of people were talking about chakras. And I just remember asking a friend, we were in the mall and I was like, have you ever heard of the chakras? Like that, like it was a secret. And so she was like, what? And I'm like, the chakras. And so that really was what helped me realize our innate healing based on my developmental trauma. A lot of the trauma that I've been through, there was something with the chakras was very serving for me. And with that, I started researching that and moving into Reiki. And as I went into occupational therapy, was able to do manual therapy with people, look at sensory processing, and then just starting to bring all of that together, realizing that our whole system, spiritually, energetically, there's so many different components that are all coming together. And so being able to bring all of that together to serve and to heal people. So during that occupational therapy process, just witnessing how people were being served like with energy healing, with manual therapy. So that's how I segued into serving people with spirituality, with healing. And where would you say you're at now and what you're doing? That was quite a transition, I feel for me, let's say being like professional. And I was a professor as well and worked in occupational therapy. And it was almost like anything I get into, I feel like I need to gobble it completely up. Skilled nursing facilities, hospitals, pediatrics, sensory processing, and then being a professor and then just realizing 
realizing how much spirituality meant to me and in occupational therapy was spirituality as an occupation. So I just remember being in occupational therapy and witnessing what is bringing meaning to people, their spirituality. And so with that, then realizing that I could kind of segue and be able to serve people in a way spiritually and from a healing modality of energy. And so I started making that, that segue and it was just kind of had a side business after a while, circumstances opened it up for me to do it full time. And I feel like I'm always supported by spirit. And it's interesting because sometimes if I don't heed the call, (laughs) spirit universe will make it happen. (laughs) So there was two very strong experiences, one needing to move across the country from Idaho to Wisconsin, and then a year and a half later, breaking my ankle and not being able to drive to my clients that kind of brought this change on. And it was almost like necessity that I moved into my spiritual path and my healing business. It was almost forced on me. I have such gratitude for that though, because I feel like this is what I needed to do. And this is what was most serving. It kind of brings tears to my eyes because I feel like I've always wanted to serve. Like I've always wanted to help people, heal people, support people to be called to like, this is the way I'm going to do it. This is the way that I'm being guided to do it. That just felt so fortifying. So I feel too, if I'm in my passion, then my clients are able to kind of borrow that and be in their passion or be fortified Mm -hmm. as well. So I feel like with that, it's neat to witness that. So that's kind of the journey that got Mm -hmm. me to be doing this full time. So let's get more specific. Somebody comes to you. What might be some of the things they could expect in terms of services you provide? I do mediumship. That just means that I'm connecting people with their loved ones who have passed and also spiritual advising. So looking at being able to really harness and have a better understanding of your spirituality and of what is serving to you, meaningful to you. A lot of times in the spiritual advising, people have spiritual gifts. Maybe they have this strong intuition and they're trying to cultivate that more. Maybe it's something where they themselves are a medium. And so they're wanting to cultivate that more feeling this pull to understanding life more on an existential level. So spiritual advising is really looking at gifts and the person's spiritual path. I really enjoy those sessions. And then also brain spotting. So being able to help people to come to a better understanding with spirituality and also just life. So just being able to look at life and being able to further cultivate healing through brain spotting. Another one of my services is Reiki. So being able to do just that energy healing. So I'm a medical intuitive and I can kind of scan the body, see where things are going awry and utilize Reiki, uh, assist people to better understand what's happening with their system. And so medical intuition and Reiki combining those so that people have more answers to what's happening to their system. So those are the services. And then for classes, I teach Reiki and then also Reiki and brain spotting also teach a course on spiritual gifts. So it's spiritual gifts, intuition, and mediumship. And so that one, it's almost looking at the spiritual gifts, looking at the intuition, if that's something that is calling to the person. So those would be the various means that people would be able to get in touch with me and for us to be able to further cultivate. I feel like a huge passion of mine is to be able to assist people to find their spiritual gifts and to cultivate them further. So when you started to recognize your gifts and they started to open up again, did you have any obstacles that you faced Right. And being pulled to my childhood and just looking at like being exposed to so many different ways. So with Mm -hmm. spirituality, with religion. And at that time, 
I felt it was just all one. I was surprised to see that people were separating religion and spirituality, Christianity and Buddhism. I just felt like it was all one. So I continue to allow that to pull me. I'll have various clients from many different walks of life and just being able to meet people from where they're at. So yes, definitely obstacles. Reflecting on that story. Have you ever heard of the chakras? Even then I knew that there was something that society wasn't going to be open to. And so moving into spiritual advising and mediumship, some schools of thought would say that that is not okay, that it is not okay to talk to the other side. So I'm psychic and witnessing like prophecy may not be okay with certain walks of life. Absolutely. I've run into various obstacles, even to the point of being in a community that was strictly one form of religion and being ostracized because of that. As I was coming out with my mediumship, with my spiritual gifts, it didn't feel comfortable to them. And so they didn't want me there anymore. Being able to witness that and it got me to keep going was spirit was guiding me. I feel too, like I have a very strong social media following and there's different times that people will get onto my live videos and kind of a blasphemy of sorts. And so with that, it's almost just like navigating that with compassion and navigating that with education. So absolutely there's obstacles. And I feel that with that, another component that's very supportive for me is that my husband has a background in Christianity and theology. He was a pastor and him and I have a podcast called the spiritual life. And it's really neat to be able to see where I fit, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I feel like with that, just having that support as well, like I feel like support is what has led me to be able to move forward with my gifts and to be open with my gifts. Mm -hmm. And with all the different people you've met and all the different services you've offered, can you share a couple of stories of hope and healing that you've witnessed or experienced with some of the clients you've worked with? Yeah, two are coming to mind. One was a mediumship reading. The woman came and as we were doing the mediumship, we moved into brain spotting as she's going through her grieving process and missing her husband. I remember that she was looking at the pointer, myself as the container, her being able to borrow from me and holding the pointer. I just remember her looking at it and she goes, oh, wow, it's glowing. And I'm like, great. Oh, keep going. And she said, oh, and I kind of choking up because she just said, there he is. She could see her husband on through the pointer and it was really cute. And so she just starts laughing. She's kind of blushing. And then she's just having this conversation with him. And I felt like that was so powerful and so healing to be able to help her with that. And I actually feel like it expedited her grieving process. And then she had more of a relationship with him. So another one that's coming to mind, and actually this happens quite often, is just with the Reiki, the medical intuition, and then also combining the brain spotting, like just being able to really see what that can do, how that can expedite the healing process. So I see many people that have a medical anomaly of some sort, the doctors can't figure out what's going on. And so with those sessions, we're kind of coming to the crux of what this is. It could be something emotional, spiritual, energetic. It could be physiology that just didn't align the way it needed to. And some of those sessions, I just love seeing those being able to witness 
how they come to a better understanding and healing. And at the same time, just to witness that healing and quality of life. There's there's probably so many others, people that have opened up to their spiritual gifts. I have a membership program called Very Intuitive Person. And so it's VIP. And just witnessing that community. I love being able to see people coming into their gifts, their spiritual gifts, and being accepted for it. We've probably walked a similar life as I have having these gifts and being ostracized for them and seeing this community heal together and support each other and also being able to really witness that maybe they had been rejected because they had a, these spiritual gifts, but to be celebrated for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's really neat too, just to see that community mm-hmm. aspect of that. Some of the things that I've been through in my lifetime, I feel like it's really prepared me. I mean, like I said earlier, like developmental trauma, I just feel like all the things I've been through has assisted me to really relate to a lot of different people. And so with that, I've been able to heal. The healing process continues. Other people are able to heal as well. So it's inspiring for me on a day-to-day basis. Can you talk more about your newest project with the brain spotting and the Reiki? Yeah, really neat. It's neat because I've been doing some with Reiki. And then as I'm doing Reiki, it may be then I incorporate brain spotting or I may do brain spotting and then we incorporate Reiki. So it feels that that combination has been really successful. I've been doing a lot of research on this, looking at the brain spotting and where the brain waves are in brain spotting, and then looking at Reiki and where the brain waves are with Reiki and seeing that combination and how that the Hertz levels are, the frequency levels in the body are able to kind of be expedited in that healing process. I had a woman, she was having a lot of panic attacks. We were doing Reiki. And then as she was on the table, I started doing inside window and brain spotting and was helping her to see where the panic attacks were. And then we figured that out and we were able to go to a resource spot. So we were doing Reiki as she's on this resource spot. And afterwards she said, I feel great. I don't feel anxious at all after this session. And I checked in with her a few times and she said, no, I haven't had any of these panic attacks. And so something about that combination and helping with the brain waves, with that brain body connection, that balance with parasympathetic nervous system, sympathetic nervous system, assisting the vagus nerve, all of this, like all structures are being supported in that. And it's neat to see the outcome with brain spotting, just witnessing some of my clients that again, the woman that had panic attacks and then she didn't. So, okay, great. Something worked. So I think it's really trusting the process with that. Listening to what you're saying, it's healthy to have skepticism. Of course, these new methods are cutting edge based on neuroscience. There's more research being done to prove these healing methods are helpful because they are opening up the brain and body communication. And specifically when you were talking, I couldn't help but remember after a friend of mine passed away, I was able to do a brain spotting session. And in other episodes, you'll hear where you look affects how you feel. And I found a spot where I felt the most connected to her. And I actually saw her in my vision and was able to have a conversation with her. It didn't take away the grief, but I felt connected to her. I was able to say goodbye in a way that helped facilitate my grief. I have had numerous clients that that has 
help them. Clients that are terminal themselves that have been able to come and talk to their higher power or the God of their understanding in preparation for them transitioning as they leave the earth. And so I find this fascinating that you're using this for spiritual purposes and it's helping people have the freedom to be able to have these conversations that for whatever reason we judge people or we shut that down. It's opening up you're part of that catalyst. And that's beautiful to see, to support people in that way. So they have a place to go so they can understand these gifts and they can experiment and explore. What I'm noticing more and more is that it is in the brain. So there's different times that somebody may come to me and want to cultivate their spiritual gifts. So we'll find a brain spot for their intuition, allowing yourself to have that connection and that healing and to be able to further that again, it's in the brain. And so just like you shared too, with neuroscience, just coming up the ranks and being able to support this and being able to support the healing. But it's interesting too, because I have had this goal for a long time of being able to kind of bridge between spirituality and science and being able to see that. And it's exciting to see that researchers are seeing different parts of the brain being lit up with spirituality, with intuition, being able to really see like how far reaching it is and that it's right here in our brain that we're able to access and to heal. Well, mm -hmm. you and I just talked recently that there is research out there that shows that if you have a spiritual connection, a belief in a higher power, that that is a buffer against mental health issues. You are at a decreased risk for having anxiety and depression just by having a belief that there is a higher power and having connections spiritually. So my hope is that that research gets out more, that exploring spirituality can actually support their overall well-being. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that because I feel like that speaks to my own journey with developmental trauma. Sometimes I wondered, like, how did I survive that? And I just feel like it was spirit. And I think a lot of times people look at my developmental trauma and wonder, how are you so functioning right now? And I really honestly feel it. It's mm -hmm. all of the experiences, seeing mm -hmm. the angels, seeing my grandma, just mm -hmm. being able to know that I had that support. Mm -hmm. And it's neat in occupational therapy, just being able to witness spirituality as an occupation and how that serves people. And also, like you shared, how it's able to stave away depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. and help people to have a better quality of life mm -hmm. with spirituality. Yeah. Well, and it's directly correlated to resilience as well. And that it increases your resilience as well. So all of these factors are connected and it's great to have the research that's showing this, but as the Western culture is a prove it, prove it society. The research is always behind what we intuitively know, but it's finally starting to show that for sure. Anything that you would want to add to share with our listeners before we wrap up here? Yeah, I would just say, just keep believing in yourself, keep believing in your spirituality, keep believing in what works for you. And with spirituality, it's meaning. So I have a cousin that he will say he's not spiritual. And at the same time, he has a lot of meaning with just being able to do stuff with adrenaline, like he does zip lining and that type of thing. He's like, oh, it's such a rush. So just in witnessing that spirituality can be what it is for you. This is mm -hmm. something that is connected to you. And also just to believe in yourself, believe in your gifts, believe in your your intuition, understanding that you are fully supported in your process. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for our talk today. And I look forward to our future in discussing spirituality based on being open to spirituality, and then also having your husband come as well and talk about 
how certain world religions don't have to be in competition. So I look forward to having that conversation because for some folks, they feel compelled to make it separate and it's got to be this way or it's got to be that way. Hopefully with that discussion, we'll explore and expand further on this one. Yeah, that will be wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another uplifting journey on Sheree Lindbergh's Elevated Life Academy, Stories of Hope and Healing. If you've found resonance or connection with what you've heard today, we encourage you to share this episode and consider becoming a subscriber. Please spread the word so others can live an elevated life.